Let's invite our speaker for this morning. Our dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for the word of God that is in our hands and in our language. We have no excuse for comprehension. We have free will and we can disobey. We can choose to ignore. But the least we could do is understand. Understand what you're saying. What is your heart for us? What is your imperative on our lives? And to respond accordingly. This morning we're talking about shalom. The peace that the God of peace gives. The peace from the God of peace. Because of the Prince of Peace. Speak Lord, your, your servants are listening. Fill this place with your presence. Not because we're worthy of it. But because you paid for it. And you are worthy of it. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. We began last week on a series called Shalom. And we talked about, or we asked ourselves the question, what is the correct Christian greeting, right? And in North India specifically, in South India, I think the different ones, I don't really know, I'm not very sure, but in North India, it's praise the Lord. And I'm not going to contest that. By all means, go ahead with that. But praise the Lord is an imperative. So when you call me up on the phone and you say praise the Lord, I'll say after I finish this conversation. Or I'll say I already finished doing that this morning. Because it's an imperative, it's a work, it's a thing you do. When the psalmist says praise the Lord, he's actually calling the entire nation to praise. He's calling the, uh, the, the people who are sitting in the temple to praise. He's calling on the worshippers and the, the band to praise. He's actually telling them to do that. So it is not a greeting. And it might have found its translation through and through from Hindi and wherever. But... It is not a greeting, it is a, it's an imperative, it's a command, it's someone telling somebody else to do something. So while I cannot change that, what I can introduce to you is the correct biblical way of, uh, of wishing one another. And the reason we need to be biblically accurate, the reason we need to think theologically, think biblically, is because that is where our mind should be formed. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is the word of God. The word of God renews our mind. So we go back to the text to understand, Lord, how would you like me to think, feel, and act? Lord, how would you like me to think, feel, and act? So what is the real Christian greeting? The real Christian greeting is shalom. Shalom. And if you go back to Jesus' day, they had what, they, what was known as a shalom blessing. And the shalom blessing is much more than a casual social greeting. It is a prayer, a blessing, a deep desire, and a benediction. It is a word that is packed with the full blessing of God. And if you missed that, we talked about that last week, you can pick it up on YouTube or on Spotify or on what uh, podcast. Wikipedia, what do they say? Biblically, shalom is seen in reference to the well-being of others, Genesis 43, Exodus 4, to treaties, 1 Kings chapter 5, and in prayer for the well-being of cities and nations, Psalm 122 and Jeremiah 29. So last week we established two things. Last week we established that there is no peace from God until there is peace with God. There is no peace from God until there is peace with God. The first one, as we review, was the peace we have. What do we have? We have peace. Fortunately for us, who are sinners, we're sinners, God is a God of peace. 
He's a God of peace. He's the one who sought you. He's the one who presented peace. He's the one who came as the Prince of Peace. So because he's a God of peace, he created a way for us to be reconciled to him. We were not at peace. He took the first step. We were not friends. He took the first step. We were broken up. He took the first step. By the atoning work of Christ, the Prince of Peace, so we now have a righteous standing with the God of peace. Again, I covered it very well last week. You could go back to that. But here's the scriptures that, again, that's where we get it from. That's the theology. For if while we were still enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, which basically means you didn't do anything. God was the one who made peace with you first. Much more now that we are reconciled in a state of reconciliation, shall we be saved by his life. While we were enemies with God, if God could do so much, while we were friends, how much more can God do? That's essentially what Paul is saying to the Roman church. Verse 11, more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The word through is a very strong word in the, in the Greek. Through whom we have now received reconciliation. I said last week very clearly, peace is a wonderful idea, but is impossible without a mediator. Peace is a wonderful idea, but it is impossible without a mediator. You need a mediator. You need a peacemaker. And Jesus, the Prince of Peace, comes and offers and brokers that peace with us and God. He brokers that peace between us and God. Interesting version for Isaiah 53 verse 5, the New Life version. I love this. But he was hurt for our wrongdoing. He was crushed for our sins. He was punished so that we would have peace. You like that? He was punished so that we could have peace. He was beaten so that we would be healed. So Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He has given us the Holy Spirit who daily gives us peace of God and peace from God. The peace of God and peace from God. So we are the inheritors. We are the recipients of all the peace that could ever be known. We have the peace. We have the God of peace and we have peace with God. We have peace of God and we have peace from God. We are blessed. We are blessed. We are so loaded with peace, so filled with peace that we have no excuse not to extend peace to others. Are you with me so far? We have no excuse to hold peace back from anyone, anyone else. So today we're going to talk about the peace we present and the peace we extend. Next week, not next week, next week is 18th. The week after that, we're going to talk about the peace we broker and the peace we expect. The peace we broker and the peace we expect. I love that part also. We're going to get to that. So let's jump into today's portion. The peace we present and the peace we extend. The peace we present. Brothers and sisters, today you could be sitting here and you may not be at peace with God. You may not have forgiveness signed and sealed in the name of Jesus. Yet, maybe you're still at that phase in your life where your faith is journeying you towards the one who will declare you sanctified, forgiven, uh, set for eternity. But for the bulk of you, you already have done that. That makes you conduits of peace. It makes you conduits of peace. John chapter 20 verse 21. Would you read with me? Let's read together. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Let's do that again with conviction. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So the God of peace sent the Prince of Peace to broker your peace. Now you have peace, all four of them, and now that you have all four aspects of peace, the God of peace, the peace of God, 
peace from God and the peace of God. Now that you have all of that, you are now expected to give it to others, to be a conduit of that peace. To be a conduit of that peace. I like what the armor of God has in store for this. Just an excerpt from the armor of God where you understand where the gospel fits in here. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore. You notice the number of times it says stand. <laughs> why, why would you wear an armor and just stand? Because that's all that God wants you to do. God, that's all that God wants you to do. God has done everything else and he will do all the fighting and all you got to do is just don't get knocked down. <laughs> that's it. All God wants from you is don't get knocked down. For that he's given you an armor. Okay. Verse 14. Stand therefore having fastened the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. What is the meaning of gospel? Gospel, good spell, good news. The good news of peace. So what is the elan here? What is the, what is the message? What is the proclamation? What is the, the, the gospel? The gospel is, hey everybody, God's ready to make up. God's ready to get right with you. God is willing to get right with you. God has taken the initiative to get right with you. He has paid your debt and he is not offended anymore because Jesus has removed that offense and he's ready to have you back to him. He's ready to give you mercy and grace to him. The good news is not that you are sinners. People preach that, that gospel. I don't know how they preach that gospel. You are a sinner and you're going to hell. Is that good news? Because first of all, we already know that. That's not good news. What is the good news? You don't have to go to hell. God has done everything he can to save you from going to hell. God has opened his, his arms so wide that if everybody believed, everybody would be saved. God has loved you so much that he's given absolutely everything that he could possibly give, including his own reputation, so that you may be saved. God has gone to all lengths to love you completely. That is the good news. That is the gospel. And the gospel is essentially the declaration. So sharing the gospel, giving the gospel is not about converting people. It's not about changing people's religion. It's not about convincing anybody about the deity or the exclusivity of Jesus. Giving the gospel, sharing the gospel is declaring that God is ready to make up with you. That God is ready to make up with That's all we have to say in sharing the gospel. How is God able to make up with him? Isn't he offended by me and my sin and my brokenness? Yes, he is. He was. But Jesus took that offense away. That's the gospel. So now what? Or you just have to come back to God in faith and trust Jesus to take, take it from you. That's the gospel. All you've got to do is say it. All you've got to do is switch the torch on and the light will do the rest. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the Come on. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God unto salvation. Men hated darkness, but those who come into the light will be forgiven. And when the light shines, people respond to the light, God calls them into a relationship with them. You have to do nothing but declare, proclaim, just say it out loud. God's open admission 
to heaven is open. God, God's arms are open. Come on back. Come on. Come on back. So Jesus is saying, as I, the Father sent me, I am sending you. I came to bring peace. You go and give peace. So that's the shoes. That's the shoes you wear. The shoes you wear as your armor is the readiness. The readiness to share the gospel. Metro, bus, colleague, don't take too long. Don't go on and on and on about it. In 30 seconds you say, are you right with God? It feels so good to be right with God. I'm right with God. And because I'm right with God, I can, I can be sure my prayers are forgiven. My prayers are answered. I can be sure that whatever I ask, God will give. I can be sure that God's never going to hold anything against me. I can forgive. How, how can you forgive? Somebody? I can forgive because God has forgiven me. It's so good to feel forgiven. You just talk like that. Just talk like that. And you're a gospel giving person. The readiness, the readiness, the readiness, the readiness for the gospel. If it's on the tip of your tongue, then it's the passion in your heart. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God. Read with me, please. Who through Christ reckons, I can't hear you. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and together everybody, entrusting to us the ministry of reconciliation. So God is a God of peace. God sends the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace turns to you and says, now that you and I are at peace, I send you to give peace. You are the most powerful people on the earth. The UN doesn't have the authority and the ability to broker this kind of peace. No government, no strategist, no negotiator, nobody has the power to get people right with God. You do. You do. You have it within your power and by your commission from God himself to be an ambassador for the peace of God and get people right with God. If people get right with God, people will get right with each other. If people get right with each other, families will get right with each other. If families get right with each other, tribes will get right with each other. If tribes get right with each other, nations will get right with each other. If nations get right with each other, this world will once again be a peaceful world. You want world peace? That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, because God is not a condemning God. God is not a finger pointing God. In fact, there's nothing to left to point fingers at because Jesus so fully, completely took our sin and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. That's a humbling thought that God should give it to us. We can't even get a text straight. God would give that important message to us. My brothers and sisters, this makes our greatest work on earth, our eternal legacy, our purpose of life, the presentation of the gospel of peace. The greatest thing you will ever do on this earth is not your career, not the children you, you, you bring up. It's not the money you make or the money you, you invest. It's not the, the learning or the teaching of anything. It's not the building or the breaking of anything. 
that you will accomplish in this life. In this life, the only thing that you lost and you can step across the line from time into eternity and as you walk across, the only thing you will take with you are the people you got right with God. You won't take your money, you won't take your certificates, you won't take your reputation, you won't take anything else. The only thing you will take is you'll hold the hands of the people you got right with God. The presentation of the gospel of peace is the single greatest thing we do. Brokering peace is the main thing we do. Calling people to be right with God. Get right with God. Get right with God. Getting, asking people to get right with God is not an impingement on free, free will. It is not an impingement or an invasion on a person's privacy or their culture or their individuality. It is not an impingement on people's personal space or personal freedom. God Almighty, who is the proprietor of the air they breathe, has asked you to tell them, come back to me, I'm willing to forgive them. Who are you most scared of? Their opinion? That's it. That's what we are here on earth for, to do. Nothing more, nothing less. To broker peace with people because we are the people of peace. We are the people of peace. We are the ones who have known peace, the peace of God. So the first one I've left with you, which is number three in our six parts, is the peace we present. We present peace to people. God wants to be at peace with you. God wants to be at peace with you. The second peace today is the peace we extend. The peace we extend. This is going to hurt. Buckle up. If we have received peace from God as a result of forgiveness. Peace came as a result of forgiveness. God forgave us. That is why we are at peace with him. The right standing we have with God is because he tore up your charge sheet. Because he forgot about your sin. Because he has put away your sin forever. And because of that, you have peace with God. Now, how can it be any different with people? How can you expect to live at peace with people if you do not forgive, if you do not give out, grant out, extend the peace cover that God has extended to you? If we have received peace from God as a result of forgiveness, wherein God forgave us, then we extend peace to others as a result of forgiveness, wherein we forgive others. We forgive others. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 says, For he himself is our peace. Himself. That means it's a relational issue. It's not an issue-based issue. It's not a violation of a law issue. It's a person. Peace is a person. Peace is the presence of a person. It is not the absence of conflict. It is the presence of a person. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So whatever your issue is with somebody, whatever your offense with somebody, Jesus takes that out and comes between him and stands between you and them. He comes and stands between you and them. And he says this, I've covered his or her sin. I've forgiven a ton of yours. Please forgive him or her. And don't count this sin against them. I've buried it forever. And I'm risen to advocate for that freedom. So whoever you have a problem with, Jesus has paid off their sin. That's your biggest problem you should have with Jesus. Why did you do that? 
You should have asked me. No, I can't forgive. I love that when people tell me that. I, I just can't forgive. You're absolutely right. You can't. There's a lot of things you can't do. And what, forgiving is one of them. Because you are not the God of peace. The God of peace can forgive. It is that forgiveness that you are passing on. You have no forgiveness of your own. You, you, are no, you don't have a standing. You yourself had a charge sheet. You yourself have been forgiven. So you can only forgive with the forgiveness you have been given. So when you get conduced on forgiveness, it's because you have not When one person in a relationship sins against the other, Jesus stands between them saying, I have covered his sin. I've covered her sin. I've forgiven you. Please forgive them. Don't count their sin against them. Between husband and wife, between father and son, between colleague and colleague, between brother and brother, Jesus stands in the middle and he brokers peace. And he asks you and me to do the same. He asks us to be peacemakers. You must be kind to each other. Think of the other person. Forgive other people just in the same manner as God has forgiven you. Why? Because of Christ's death on the cross. Because a price was paid. Because a price was paid. Every time your heart gets bitter. Every time your spirit gets resentful. And you say, they must pay. A voice comes from heaven. Yes, I have paid. No, I don't want you to pay. I want them to pay. Can you take it back? Matthew chapter 5 verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called. It's the peacemakers that shall be called the sons of God. It's the peacemakers that are going to be called the sons of God. So brothers and sisters, peace is a chhatri. Peace is an umbrella. Peace is a covering. Peace is a covering. So it's raining really bad and you love somebody and the person comes running out in the rain, you, immediate, you immediately extend the chhatri, you extend the, 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 the umbrella to that person and bring that person under the covering. So as people come into your life, you want to extend that covering. Every morning you say, Lord, give, give me a bigger umbrella. Give me a bigger covering. Enable me to cover as many people as... When you, when you bring a person into your life, you have already made a commitment that no matter what you do in your offense to me, I'm going to love you. I'm going to forgive you. I'm ready to forgive you. I know this relationship is not going to work unless I'm willing to forgive. Peace is a covering of forgiveness that we extend over the people in our lives. So enjoy peace. Enjoy the peace of God by all means. Peace with God, peace from God. Believer... Disciple of Jesus, enjoy it, but extend the peace of God. Enjoy the peace of God, but extend the peace of God. If you're not extending the peace of God, you have no right to enjoy the peace of God. How do you extend the peace of God? Number one, share the gospel. Number two, share the cover of forgiveness. Number one, share the gospel. Number two, share the cover of forgiveness. God is forgiven, I forgive you. God is forgiven, I forgive you. God is forgiven, I forgive you. That's a peacemaker. That's a peacemaker. Let me get real with you this morning. Do you have a burden for the lost, those who are lost to the Father? Do you have a burden for it? 
Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. This is not about making you feel... This doesn't work on guilt. This works on, on gratitude. This works on being so filled with gratitude that God forgave me that I have a burden for those who are not right with God. Now, when I've been forgiven with God and I realize the numerous amount of benefits and advantages I have in life and in godliness and in, and in relationships, because I am forgiven, because my sin has been lifted, because I'm right with God, once I know I have all of this, how can I not want it for the loved ones, for people around me, for the, for the people in my life? Even my enemies, even my enemies. But do you have a burden? Do you have a burden for those who are not right with God? And does it bother you? Does it irk you? Does it wake you up in the morning and say, you know what? I, Lord, I want that person to be right with me, with you. Is there someone you need to forgive? Is there someone you need to forgive? Are there people, a people group, a culture, a nation, a family, or an individual where you need to spread that cover of forgiveness over them. Are you going into a relationship right now with a contract? Dare you do that as a peacemaker? Are you going into a relationship with a contract? As long as we're good, we're good. As long as we're good, we're good. But the moment you, if you, forget it. Don't go into the relationship. Just wear a lungi, go sit on Himalaya or some uh, thing there and uh, sip coffee or something. Don't, don't go into relationships if you don't want to forgive. Because you are nobody to not forgive. And you have enough forgiveness to cover all the offenses of all the people who have ever offended you. Because Jesus has covered all your offenses that you have ever done to forgive you. That's where humility comes in. That's what humility is. So do you have a burden for those who are not right with God? Who are the five people you are currently praying to get right with God? Question number two, is there someone you need to forgive? Is there someone you are holding forgiveness back? Now, forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting. Okay? And forgiveness doesn't mean letting them off the hook. It means handing them to God's hook. Let God take care of them and the hook. God, you handle them. Which is worse, them in your hands or them in God's hands? And you get on with your life and you be a peacemaker. Forgiveness is not saying that their offense was illegitimate. Forgiveness is not saying that your hurt is not valid. Forgiveness is simply saying, I have enough of forgiveness on my own sin, on my own, sin, on my own life. I have enough to give out to others. And I can forgive and I can move on. Forgiveness isn't even saying that you have to continue that relationship. You can even end the relationship, but you can still forgive. So learn what forgiveness is and learn what forgiveness is not. For the most part, forgiveness is taking responsibility. For most of us, we just want to stand at the back and sulk. We don't want to step up and take responsibility. We don't want to take the lead. We don't want to be in front as an example. We don't want people to, fall to, to, to point fingers at us. We don't want to be the standard. We want to stand, step at the back so somebody else takes that and we want to sulk at the back, feel sorry for ourselves at the back. We want people to, to, to ignore us because we want to sulk at the back. Stepping up is taking responsibility. 
To forgive, you need to step up and take responsibility. You need to know that it is in your hands to forgive. It is in your hands to get right with that person. And it is in your hands the world can get right with God. It is in your hands that the world can get right with God. To you has been given the ministry of reconciliation, not to angels. You have to step up, you have to wake up, and you have to stop sulking, and you have to stop feeling sorry for yourself, and you have to stop rehearsing, and you have to stop keeping score, and you have to give it up and focus on God, the source of all of your forgiveness and joy and peace. And when he has granted you peace, and he fills you with peace, and you're overflowing with peace, you'll be too busy offloading that peace than keeping score with people. Take responsibility. Because it's in your hands. Do you have a burden for those who are lost? Is there someone you need to forgive? Take a few moments to be quiet. Because God is going to give you names. He's going to give you situations. And he's going to give you a burden for the lost. Don't fight him. Take a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Would you do your business with God? Maybe you have never given your life to Christ. Maybe you yourself have never understood that God has brokered peace through Christ and that you have never accepted Jesus as the mediator of your peace with God. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to say, Lord Jesus, this morning I give my life to you. I ask you to forgive me and to cover my sin. How, how can I do anything of what you're saying if you don't cover my sin first? Lord, today, the 11th of September. I request Christ to take my sin and to give me his righteousness. Today, I hand my life to Christ and I take his life as mine. Because as I look at the cross, as I survey the cross, as I, as I stare at the cross, I see the ugliness of my sin. But then I see your resurrection and I see the beauty of your holiness and I want that holiness. Maybe today is the day you are acknowledging that Jesus is the savior, the peacemaker, the prince of peace sent from God. Maybe there's somebody you need to forgive and the name has already come to your mind and you've decided in the presence of God and by the power of God, Lord, as you give me impetus, I'm going to forgive. I can't carry this anymore. I can't be this angry, this resentful anymore. Lord, I need to move on. I need to move on. None of that psychological mumbo jumbo of it defines me and it, I'm a victim. No, don't go, just, just Jesus says, you to, says to you to forgive. Lord, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to live in obedience to you and I'm going to trust that this thing that I'm going to find most difficult, I'm going to do it anyway. Oh God, would you give me the strength? Pour into my heart forgiveness for my own sin. Pour into my heart the ability to forgive. Flood me with your peace and the people around me will live in peace. Flood me with your peace and the people around me will live in peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being willing to forgive us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the message of reconciliation. Thank you for the promise of peace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father. 
Fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Rest and abide with each and every one of us through this week and even forevermore. Amen. Shalom. Wow, wow, wow.